Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be chatting about the Pokemon Company closing down certain leagues, potentially, about the details of that story. We'll talk about Pokemon League Cups coming back in full force, players competing, players winning, and all the things going along with that. We'll, of course, have everyone's favorite segment, Guess That Flavor Text. And we'll also close out the episode by talking about some Latin America special events, new Pokemon tournaments that were just recently announced coming up in May, and a little bit of the discussion that kind of always seems to happen around these special event tournaments. All that and more on this week's episode of Uncommon Energy. My name is Chip Ritchie. A little hoarse this week. I was a little sick this past week, but I'm joined here, as always, by my co-host, who I might be leading on to uh, talk a little bit more than normal <laughs> this week, Azul GG. What's up, Azul? How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I had a pretty uh, bland week this week around. No competitions, no tournaments. There were some League Cups pretty nearby, but I didn't go to them. Um, well, they weren't like that nearby. I was over in uh, Fresno, I believe. So I think that's like two hours away. Um, I'll go to the regional in Fresno, but I'm not going to go to Fresno for League Cups and League Challenges. I've made this statement multiple times already. I'm not going to go to any Cups or Challenges this season. Um, except there's like one shop that's like 15 minutes away from me, I think. that if they have cups or challenges, You're not going out of your way to, to grab yeah, yeah, these yeah. tournaments. Like You'll go so, to your locals, but you're not going to go crazy. Yeah, yeah. So currently don't plan to go any. Haven't gone to any yet. Um, but yeah, pretty bland weekend besides that. Did some streaming, made some videos. Same old for me. What about you, Chip? Besides being sick, did you do anything exciting? Uh, yeah, I mean, this past weekend, so, like, I was kind of sick, like, the end of last week, but in this, like, grossness in my throat is just kind of getting over the sickness, but, um, so in my family, my, my wife, my sister-in-law, my mom, and my dad, all four have a birthday within, like, 10 days of each other, so every year we just kind of do this, like, big get-together birthday dinner, so we did that this weekend, all got together, hung out, had some good family time, celebrated everyone's birthday, had some cupcakes, some mexican food it was all good and um yeah good times with the family but not too much else going on i'm actually going to a league cup this weekend uh unlike azul i am going to drive to a league cup which is kind of interesting <laughs> because like i don't really have anything to play for like i'm not playing for a world's invite i just kind of want to go play pokemon right azul's been grinding these tournaments all season long you know he's looking for any excuse to not have to go travel to play pokemon but i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to going to a league cup this weekend checking it out um i have not played a league cup since like february of 2020 i don't think so yeah really looking forward to getting out there playing at locals it's pretty much my only chance to play pokemon like with a competitive sense these days is at locals so yeah i'm looking forward to it going out to a, a cup this coming weekend well i wish you best of luck chip <laughs> in your league cup ventures and that's where we're gonna start off here today we're gonna be talking about um well actually no we're not talking about league cups first we're talking about leagues actually first um specifically um <clears throat> or to start with i guess we should go over what is a pokemon league for anyone who's new to the scene um but it's basically you know a time in a day once a week usually where just pokemon players get together and play pokemon um the leagues are put on by the organizer of the league uh and then like pokemon you like set up your league through Pokemon and then like Pokemon sends the league organizers like products and stuff like, like that. Like some to promos give. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Right? Like there's league promos. Like I'm sure some some of you have seen or have some like the Battle VIP or the Battle VIP passes are league promos, right? I think they are. They have the stamp. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for a long time, they just gave like league promos to give out at league and then like promos to give out at league cups and league challenges. And then recently within just the past year, they started doing the prize packs, which are kind of similar to the, um, the pop packs from way back in the day that organized. I still have some of those. I still got a couple. I don't think I have the big one. I don't think, I think pop pack. Yeah. I don't have that one. I have like eight or nine or something. The ones that came (laughs) out a little bit later. So I still have some of those, but yeah, they're not the, not the really expensive ones, but yeah, they used to get the. They used to have it's like a three card pack, and yeah. sometimes there'd be like one or two playable cards. Like I think the ones that I have, the there's like the Gallade that is in Guardi Gallade, I think is in the series mm-hmm. nine, series eight. Um, but yeah, now they have the prize packs, which I've seen. Uh, what kind of cards can you even get in those? Though? I haven't seen those at all. Yeah, no, you like, can get, you, get you can get great cards in them. You can get um, you can get like why is it eighteen dollars? Why is that? this is just people reselling them man. people have been reselling because there's a charizard in it dude oh my Um, gosh yeah yeah but you can get good card you can get like i'm gonna pull up ebay here i don't have i'm not sharing my screen yet i'm gonna find a good thing and pull it up it is a little unfortunate because people do like kind of i think some leagues and stores kind of keep the products for themselves and sell them as opposed to giving them to the players like they should but yeah they come with i think five pack uh, five cards in the pack one of the cards has like a chance to be hollow and you can get an ultra rare in it. You can get like an Arceus V or an Arceus V star even potentially in the pack. Um, okay. Okay. So you can get really good cards and it's uh, so like the, they're on the second wave of organized play packs, I think right now. Um, Prize packs too. Yeah. Um, and like in the first one, I know you could get like, you know, some of the older staples, like cards, like, um, ordinary rod and um scoop up net like these cards that were from like the earlier part of sword and shield so it was kind of a way for like these um for players at these stores to 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 get some of these things that have not been out for a while um i can't remember what they're called i'm searching porking on organized play packs check on, but... check on poke beach i think there was like a, something on the poke beach recently play it's pokemon. play pokemon prize pack is prize what pack. it's called play pokemon oh, okay. prize pack um, um but yeah it? you can get so and then they're on season two now which i think has you know still some of the same cards but it's like mostly cards that are in uh the current rotation right so like stuff like ordinary rod scoop net rotated out so they're not giving out series one anymore they're giving out packs that include cards from uh like the e-block onwards so like i think yeah. um maybe like clara and stuff like that is in there is that where you get the battle vip pass with the stamp or is that the yes, league promo yes no, it's from the packs. It's from the packs. Uh, they don't do and so they have anymore. the stamps. Oh, so There's they don't no do promos. They just do prize yeah. packs. Yeah, they just okay. do the prize. So everything packs. is are, are all the cards stamped then? Yes, the... they're all stamped, but only I think one, maybe two, can be hollow. Um, okay. I got one one time. I went to a locals not too long ago, and I got given one. I pulled a hollow air balloon, I think, which is kind of cool, honestly. I mean, it's cool that like they're making that have the unique. Stamp? Yeah, yeah. So they have the stamp in the corner. I think I have it. So wait, then if you get like an Arceus V or V star out of there, will it also have the stamp? Yes, yes, they oh, have really? the stamp on them. Yeah, it's really cool. So here I've got a Clara here. I haven't seen this any of those. I've only seen the Battle VIP passes. This is a non-hollow oh, it's got one. the stamp, yeah. It's got the little stamp on it. But yeah, they and there's there's basic energy as well that you can get that are hollow that have the stamp on them. Um, so every card in the pack has the stamp on it, which is cool. Interesting. That's and cool. And then there's a couple of them that have a chance to uh be hollow. And I think there's like hollow and non-hollow versions of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got just like absolute mad stacks of cards on my desk right now, so it's like kind of hard for me to. <laughs> I'm not the most organized when it comes to these things. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so here you go. I've got a couple here. 
that I can show for anyone watching the YouTube video. I've got a stamped ordinary rod. I actually bought these at a regionals for my GLC decks, but so it's an ordinary rod that's hollow. It's got the little stamp on it. And then I bought a capture energy, which I'm a fan of these because they're like reverse. It looks like a mirror, like the old. Mirror oh, foils, yeah. Which I'm a Definitely fan of. And I don't hollow. make them like that anymore, but it's yeah. got the little stamp and it's reverse hollow pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like a cool thing that uh, they've been doing the last year and a half or so year. I think I think it's been about a year that they've been doing it. Um where you can get these um, now some people do take them and sell them you know some people take them and sell them after they've won them at their store some people uh who run the leagues take them and sell them and that's maybe one of my theories as to what's maybe happening here but the the main gist of this what we're talking about um besides like just what a pokemon league is is a lot of people who run leagues this weekend so pokemon leagues oftentimes take place inside card shops inside card shops but not uh that's not the only place they can happen um They'll happen sometimes at libraries and coffee shops and like in the student unions and stuff at college campuses and things like that. But recently, a lot of Pokemon League organizers have been getting emails from the Pokemon company saying that um, with I'll just read the email pretty much over the last few years of participation in the organized play program has grown and changed and we have evolved to meet the needs of our growing communities this has included a focus on retail venues and local game stores as such we are no longer able to support leagues hosted at venues that do not meet our current retail venue requirements and a link to that as of today leagues located at non-retail venues we'll need to begin finding a new league venue that meets our retail venue requirements. These will have until May 31st to find a new retail venue in their community to host their league. On May 31st, if you are not able to find a new venue to host your league, we will close your league. And you are welcome to apply for a new league when you find a venue that meets our retail venue requirements. So... Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of a bummer to see. I saw this from a couple of people over the weekend, people who run leagues on like various college campuses, one from Ohio State and one from uh, MIT specifically were the two that I saw. Um, and yeah, it's just a bummer, right? Like it's people wanting to get out and get together and play the game. And, um, and I think it makes sense, right? Like uh, I shouldn't say that. I think like, so like, Pokemon would not just make this decision just because, right? Someone at Pokemon like had, like there's been a, a discussion about this. I'm sure there's been dozens of meetings about this, right? People uh, and eventually led to them coming to this decision that they want to move away from the leagues that are not at retail locations and focus on retail locations. And they're not just like straight up closing these locations, these leagues down. It very much does detail in this email that um, they want to give these places an opportunity to find a retail location to host their league. Um, but not everywhere that, runs a league like this out of a student union or out of a library or something like that. Um, not all of these places have card shops to, to go to. And that's basically what I, so I didn't actually ever read the full email. I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, so it does say retail venue requirements. So does it just have to be a place that sells Pokemon cards? Is that like a requirement for a retail venue? Yeah, like I actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And I don't know if it's publicly, um i can't click uh, found here on the tweet image unfortunately but i would assume that has to be part of it right it has to be like somewhere that sells pokemon cards i feel like and maybe that's more of the reason that they're doing it than i mean you could say they're trying to support local game stores which they definitely will in this way um 
I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with like the I feel like after reading this email, I don't think it has anything to do with really like the potential for league organizers to be getting the the product that they're supposed to give to the people who participate in the league and then selling it. Um, I don't think that's like that is anything because like people do that with game stores anyways as well, right? It doesn't matter if you're someone running it on a college campus or at a game store. Uh, there's a potential for people to take the the league promos or the league packs now, whatever, and then keep them and sell them. Um, if not all of them, some of them. And to be honest, like I have no, I, I, I like I don't know if you keep the if you don't get rid of all of your league packs at the end of it all. If you're someone who's running a league, I mean, I don't know what what are you supposed to do with them anyways. Are you allowed to keep them? Give, like, what keep giving them away. Keep giving them giving away. away. Is that I think you're supposed, you're supposed to, to send them back as well if you're like ultimately don't have anything. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, so on Pokemon's website, they actually do detail oh, we do uh, what it. what it takes for uh, what their retail program store requirement checklist. And it's pretty much just have a business address, business contact, registration, like a business license, a cashier's desk, product shelving, store window, exterior signage, open to the public during regular daytime hours, and sells Pokemon yeah. TCG booster packs from recent or older expansions. Why does it? Why does it specify? It says like sell Pokemon TCG booster packs from recent or older. So it doesn't have to be recent. It doesn't have to be older. It just needs Pokemon TCG booster packs. Yeah, um, but yeah, it did, that's what it sounds like. It's like sounds like that's like, like the main point. You have to be a store that sells Pokemon cards. So theoretically, you could run a league at Target. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah, right? Theoretically, um, we use the. <laughs> I mean, you I've, have to get uh, approval from the target, but like, yeah, that's basically all you need. There was a league at least for a while. I don't know if they still run it. There was a league in Charlotte, in North Carolina, that ran out of a GameStop. I don't know if they still do that, but I I saw pictures on like our local Carolina Pokemon Facebook groups of like people crowded around in a GameStop with like these tables, like the like folding tables all pulled out and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I think there's like parts of this that make sense. Obviously, I I th I think it's good that Pokemon is doing something to uh, more incentivize and more support local game stores. That's awesome, right? Local game stores is uh, a business that's constantly struggling, right? Most yeah. of the people who run local game stores are doing it more as a passion project than as a way to make money. They're doing it because they love their local communities. Um, people who run local card shops are not rich, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it for the love of the game for the most part. Um, so I think it's great that Pokemon's trying to give more incentive to people to go to these locations, but not every area has a location, right? Uh, a a yeah. card shop to go to. And that's kind of the biggest thing. So like, I mean, one of the first leagues that I ever went to was at a library in Easley, South Carolina. And I think for a long time, that league was one of the biggest leagues on the East coast. It meant every single Wednesday night when I started going there and it was like, 70 to 80 people oh my there. gosh every really? single wednesday night <laughs> yeah yeah it was ridiculous and i think like i was going there at a time where it was like a little bit of a lull like i'd heard stories of there being a hundred people and there's a lot of kids there but there's also a lot of like competitive players there um and that's where i made a lot of my friends that i know that uh like from like the south carolina area when i went to school down there um like i have people i still talk to at, at tournaments today whenever i see them um i met at the easily pokemon league in the library um yeah, so i don't know sucks. the only yeah. other the only leagues i've ever been to were at card shops like like for going for going to like actual league um um what was i gonna say i did go to the mit, the MIT league uh, i did go to their cups and challenges um when i lived back in uh massachusetts a little while ago but um yeah like, i mean it does it does kind of feel like it sucks uh, the idea that I mean, yeah, I, like I mentioned that you know you could theoretically run a league at Target. It sounds like, but yeah, this will definitely be pushing 
for more leagues to be ran at card stores as opposed to, you know, in libraries or um, on college campuses or whatever, which is, yeah. uh, but I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like any card shop that would, it always kind of felt like, like all the card shops, when I was in Massachusetts, like every card shop that could run, a, that was like existed basically as far as I knew, like ran a league anyways, like they all had a Pokemon league. And then it's also MIT also had a Pokemon league. And it's like MIT uh, wasn't super far from one of the card shops, if I remember correctly, that ran a league. Yeah. Um, but like it wasn't like it didn't feel like it was like taking away from that, I guess. I don't know. So it feels like you could, there is room to do both um, ideally. And it does sound like and it does seem like there'd be quite a few people who no longer, you know, who wouldn't have even played the game if it wasn't for yeah. you know, these leagues. So that's going to kind of suck to probably lose out on that potential growth right there. Yeah, the college campus one specifically, like um, I've always heard people say, like college is the time in your life where you're you'll have the most free time that you'll have for the rest of your life. It might not feel like it in the moment because you're still going to classes. You still have like lots of homework and stuff. But now looking back on it, that in reality was like is the truth. Right. And, you know, you're not yeah. working like well, you, a regular to, job. You have like you have to run 15 a, showers of classes and stuff. Right. But if you have to run a challenger a cup. You have to have league at your store. Right. Like it's a build-up yes, process. Yes, you yeah. can't just run it. Yeah. So like I said, like every every store that I can think of that existed in like the Massachusetts area had cups and challenges, um, which means they all had to have league. And then it's like also the MIT had league as well. So yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird. It just feels it feels like an unnecessary thing to do. I just because I feel like the college campus ones are like probably some of the best, the best yeah. ones for getting those people into the game because like you said, you got that free time. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon League. Okay, why not? Right. Like why and not go try like... that on a friday night or whatever yeah and even if there's a card shop that's 10 minutes away that's like pretty close right like not everyone who's on a college campus has a car necessarily but like they can take a five minute walk to the student union to go yeah. uh and, and participate in their pokemon night and what i think will happen with a lot of these places is like you know the libraries out there and the college campuses like they'll probably those people who were committed to their local communities they will probably still run little pokemon nights and stuff right have like a pokemon yeah. meetup a pokemon group or whatever but they just won't be supported by the pokemon company anymore which i think is a shame and a bit of a missed opportunity um you know I, but at the end of the day the most important thing is that there are people getting together and enjoying playing pokemon which is not something that you need support from the pokemon company in order to be able to do um, it's nice if you have it. <laughs> it it definitely is it definitely is and i think it would be preferable to have it right but um yeah it, it's definitely a bit of a bummer to see this but at the same time like i said i think like this decision is probably not something that was just made easily this has to be in line with some sort of vision or direction that someone you know has for the future of pokemon organized play tournaments Maybe it is as simple as wanting to emphasize being able to be at a place that sells Pokemon packs, right? Um, yeah. Drive sales, which I, I think that's a little bit of a bummer if that is really the true motivation. I would like to think it's maybe more in hopes of better supporting their local game stores, but I just think it would be nice if there was some alternative option, like, you know, the local store has their league and then also the library or the college campus has their league too. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I just feel like are you even selling that many more Pokemon TCG booster backs if that's like the outcome? I don't think so. I don't think you're selling that much more. Yeah. Pokemon, yeah, but I don't I think it's going to drive up sales that much. Unless there's like one of uh one of many little things Pokemon's going out of their way to do to try and push sales up, right? This is just like part of the <laughs> part of the massive phone book of one uh, step in the process. Yeah, one step in the process. Actually, with you mentioning, uh, and we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, with you mentioning that your first league was at a library and maybe think about like what are the weirdest places that people have played uh 
cups or challenges or had league because we also saw there was a picture tweeted out from uh oh yeah andrew uh hedrick versus uh Brayden elford so two regional champions playing against each other in a parking lot because the, cl- the store had closed and at first when i saw this image you have it pulled up yeah yeah um yeah when i first saw this image i thought they were playing i thought i was like it's i was like it's so sunny outside i don't what time did the store close but then i realized that they're actually sitting under a light post <laughs> yeah. at night and they're in a parking lot because i saw the shadow from the from the light post and i realized wait it's actually dark out yeah when i first saw the image i was like it's so light out why are they playing it why is the store closed <laughs> yeah yeah this picture is super sick yeah and this is like this really makes you feel like local tournaments are back you know this yeah. happens I, I feel like i see this happen every single weekend someone will tweet a picture of something like this maybe not playing in the parking lot specifically but playing at like a nearby shop or something that cl- because like the trading card store that the tournament was at had to close yeah um but the tournament has to complete so you go play next door at where you know whatever the option is but for these guys it seems like the option was to just squat it down in the parking lot real quick and try to finish their game uh yeah, yeah i've gone to, to see. i think i've seen a picture before of people playing on like the hood of a car for me personally I once it was, I wasn't in the finals, but a friend was in the finals, so we had to go over to a McDonald's. And then for me personally, at one time I had to play in a, and this was actually at this one of the shops back in uh, Massachusetts. They the shop closed, so I was actually playing against Sam Chen. So we had to go play the finals at a boba tea shop that was like a block away. <laughs> um, so we couldn't we couldn't finish playing in the shop, so we went and played at a boba tea shop uh, that was nearby. Uh, we were playing. Well, I was playing Zoro. I think I was playing. It looks like Zoro Decidueye. Yeah. No, Zoro Gar. Zoro Pod. Oh, Pod. Pod yeah, versus yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guardi Gallade. Um, so that was a fun time. Um, but yeah, that comes up actually like pretty often, uh, for sure. So I'm curious in the comment section. Let us know what is the weirdest place that you played a cup, played a challenge, um, or just had league. Because I've never heard of a league in a library before until Chip mentioned it to me. Actually, one time I also played a cup. Was a weird. It was yeah. The one time I played a cup it was probably the weirdest one. It was like an outside in like this like is a gazebo the thing i'm thinking of but it's not like a gazebo it's like a big gazebo it's like a glass like an a outdoor, like yeah not it wasn't like meant to like heat up but it was kind of like an outside there was like a fire pit in the middle of it like a um, the, the store that the shop was like That's being run for was just closed the, the store wasn't even open so we didn't go to the store <laughs> at all we just played outside at the it wasn't it was like enclosed kind of but like most of the glass panels were open it was weird i can't like explain a shelter kind it. <laughs> it, it was like well no it was like supposed to be like one of those things like where like you have if you have an uh like an outdoor party you would have it in there right that would be like yeah because um, sure. like in the middle in the middle of it there was like a fireplace pit thing um so yeah that's like the weirdest place i think i've ever played a cup or a challenge but if you have any other weird tales let us know in the comment sections down below yeah, I played a cup that uh, it's at a smaller store that doesn't have like a ton of table space. And so in order to make more room, they would have half the half the tournament would play in the store. And then like the bottom tables played across the across the parking lot. It's like in a little shopping mall area. <laughs> it's across the parking lot in um, a Japanese restaurant like the other. <laughs> they had like an agreement with like the restaurant. So like literally like 15 to 20 people were playing in the store and then 15 to 20 people are playing <laughs> in the um in the in the Japanese restaurant so it was like kind of a joke like 
you know, if you're not doing good, you're having to go <laughs> go <laughs> play over the Japanese, the Japanese shop. Yeah, it reminds me of a time. Uh, there was a cup. It was probably a cup because there's so many people. But there was people. We had people playing outside of the store. There was just like out of the back door. There was like four tables set up outside for people to play on yeah. the, the bottom tables. That's where the bottom tables were playing. I remember <laughs> outside. Playing, I only went to. I started playing the last year of the state championship tournaments. Um, and so I went to North Carolina States and it was in a hotel, like in a like conference, um, like they had a big like hall rented out for it, but there was like over a hundred people registered for it and they did not have enough tables. And so the first rounds or first two rounds, people were having to play sitting like crisscross applesauce on the floor. Like, uh, uh, this is literally the only option for round one to get started and for them to like keep the tournament moving. People literally had to just sit on the floor and play. They got it sorted out by round two. They had people playing like in the lobby area of the hotel, like, try, like se sectioned off a few tables. But yeah, I've, I've had some funny ones. And I've also, I've been not a tournament, but I have been to a Pokemon league that met at a McDonald's. And it was. <laughs> It was in the. Did time you have to frame. buy something? Like, did you? Nope. Or could people just go in and sit? Just roll up. There was a section of tables there. There was about. So this was like right when I started playing Pokemon, and I was super into it. And I was just looking for an excuse to go play Pokemon. And it was actually I was in school at Clemson, and I was visiting my wife Brooke or my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, uh, who went to school here in Raleigh. And I was looking at the event locator. I was coming to visit for a weekend. I was looking at the event locator. I saw this Pokemon League. I was like, it meets at a McDonald's. Okay, sure. I just want to go play Pokemon. And I rolled up. And um, besides the league leader, I was absolutely the oldest person there. It was like the <laughs> one person running the league and then like four or five kids. And so it was literally just me, the league leader at the McDonald's playing pokemon against a bunch of kids who are just trying to like swap cards back and forth pretty much but <laughs> it was a, it was an interesting experience for sure the mcdonald's <clears throat> the um, mcdonald's pokemon league in north carolina i think that league still meets by the way so um they, i guess they will they probably won't be for long but i think as of now they do still meet yeah i will all they have to do is convince the mcdonald's to sell Pokemon, Pokemon TC. Hey, well, actually, would listen, the, would the, the Happy Meals, the Happy Meals, the Happy bro. Meals, would that count? That Does that count? It only comes just, around yeah. like once a year, though, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> they can meet for like a month or whatever. Out of a year. Yeah. Um, um, from there, we wanted to talk a little bit. Still kind of staying on the, the league stuff. Cups, challenges. Just talk about cups a little bit more in general. I guess challenges as well. Um, kind of prepping for a lo local tournament versus a regional uh and then also kind of talk about best of three best of one we've been seeing that come up a little bit maybe we should just start there let's talk about yeah let's talk about best two out of three versus best of one i think best three two out of three local tournaments challenges cups are terrible i think it is literally awful i also think you know this is actually weird back when i started playing cups and challenges well challenges didn't really exist it was cities and battle roads that stuff started at like 8, 9 a.m. I felt like. I felt like it started super early. Like 9 a.m. was like the latest uh, uh, Battle Roads or Cities would start. But I feel like once Cups and Challenges came around, they started, or even a little bit after that, like the 2015 season, when I feel like a lot more people started running Cups and Challenges when Pokemon just started kind of to blow up. 2015, 2016, whatever the first big uh, big yeah, year was, was for payout. Yeah. The year Pokemon I, Go came out. 
Yeah, it feels like Cups and Challenges started starting at like 11 a.m., 12. I feel like they just started starting so much later than they used to back in the day. Um, and Chip wouldn't know about that because Chip started playing around that time. But anyone in the comment section, let me know, like for anyone, who, uh, some of the more old heads like me, like did, is it just me or did Cups and Challenges before 2016 and Battle Roads and Cities, didn't they used to all start at like 9 a.m.? Or am I just kind of tripping? But I feel like I was getting up super early every single time to go to those things. Well, I feel like part of that is just how things used to be run, right? So a long time ago, back then in that time frame, um, league uh, battle roads and uh, city championships were not necessarily run by the store. They were run by a tournament organizer who would, like, for that area, organize, like, a bunch of the tournaments, right? Oh, is that how it used to work? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. So it used to work where one person like organized a bunch of them. And it's usually someone sense, who's like they were... more experienced with kind of like yeah. just how the Pokemon <laughs> stuff works, right? They would organize the tournaments. They would try to schedule them so they didn't overlap, right? But then over the years, we've moved into this situation where now each individual store kind of has their own say on when they want their events to be, when they want them to start. Yeah. And so now a big thing we're seeing is... is people playing um, parking lots because they people take too long. <laughs> They don't realize how long the tournament's going to take necessarily. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I've seen happen a bunch is tournaments being scheduled that overlap with each other. Like I've got two... There's really only two stores in kind of the nearby area that run cups, and they scheduled yep. their cups on the same day. Like... Oh gosh yep so bad. <laughs> it's so bad yeah, that's um, actually one thing like in this area and i never want to really i've never gone to anything locally here in california but lorelei actually was like the person who like kept everyone schedules in order and made sure that no one's cups and challenges were on the same day or something like that yeah there's got to be some communication like if you're in a local area and some some stores keep scheduling things on the same day tell them to get in touch with each other or maybe somebody needs to step up and be that kind of person and con and talk to both stores you know the tournament organizer is the person who does it anyways right who runs the yeah but sometimes the tournament organizer now, is now the store owner store has illegal. their own like pokemon person most yeah of the time, right so like yeah if you're a player there and that's like frustrating for you because that sounds annoying to me not being able to go if you're someone who's going to cups and challenges and not being able to go to like your two stores cups or challenges because they're on the same day every time you know makes just ask the, the store people to talk to each other or you know yeah. you be that if someone wants to step up and be that person and be like hey let me i'll get their information on when they want to run their stuff let me get yours and then we can like you know so we can get you know and i'm sure the store owners want more players at both their events right yep. if they want people yep. buying cards buying sleeves buying the snacks whatever it might be the store the stores want the more people there as well so um yeah definitely that always sucks that's oftentimes what it takes, though, is it takes a person from the community being willing to, like, step up and try to, like, kind of get things to come to a head and get things yeah. in order, right? Um, and that's really, you know, and that's oftentimes why I think some of the leagues that are run at, you know, local places, community centers, whatever, libraries, McDonald's even, like, you know, the, <laughs> those are by run by people who, like, are doing it because they love Pokemon, right? People who are running, and I'm not saying, like, people at stores don't love Pokemon, right, and don't want Pokemon players to be there, but, like, usually someone who's running the Pokemon League at a store is doing it because it's their job. It's not because yeah. they love Pokemon and want it to be there. Now, they may love Pokemon and they may want it to be there, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, they're they're doing it yeah. there because that's, like, what they're being paid to do. Like, that's part of, like, what their role is as their job, like, what they, you know, do to make a living as opposed to, like, just because they love it, just because they want it to be a thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so going back to talking about, like, best best of one best two out of three i remember like specifically now that i'm thinking about this 
Um, I went up to New Hampshire for a league challenge once. And first I went to a different store that was running league on that day. And then we went to a different store. Uh, me and whoever I went up with went to a, the, the a store that was running the challenge after that around like 4 p.m. And we get there. <laughs> the, tur- the league challenge is best two out of three, 40 minutes. <laughs> So yep. First off, best two out of three with 40 minutes is ridiculous in Pokemon. But the fact that it was starting at 4 p.m. and there was a t- it was like there's a ton of people there. Like the store was was uh not like overpacked, but you know, it was full. Um, so I was like, what? What is going on here? Why would you ever and it's because like we I talk I remember talking to the 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 store owner who was the tournament organizer and the league leader, and they just had no clue what was going on as far as that goes. Like they don't yep. know that Pokemon tournaments gonna take a little bit longer than something else, like a magic tournament in general. Uh 40 minute best out of three does not work for Pokemon. I don't even know if it works for other games that well either, to be honest, like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever. Um, but that's just not enough time to play best out of three. And no one wants to be there till midnight to finish a league challenge, you know. Um, so, you know, the events moving after that, I'm pretty sure were like best of one 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but that was yeah. I remember showing up and that was like, I was like, this is ridiculous. We're gonna be here all night for a league challenge. Um there was a so, yeah, store think, in North Carolina this weekend that ran a best of three week challenge that started at 4 p.m. So it's really oh funny that you, you bring that up. I considered least, going. Hopefully they did 15 minutes at least. Hopefully I was thinking about going, uh, but then I looked and saw that it started at 4 p.m. I saw it was best of three and I decided I just wasn't, wasn't going to make the drive. It wasn't like super close or anything like that. But yeah, I think um, as far as like competitiveness goes, best of three is better. Right. And theoretically yeah. we'd even want best, best, uh, best three of five, best four of seven. Like the, the more games you play, yep. the more time, the better players are going to come out on top. But for a local tournament with not that much on the line, maybe if you're doing like a bigger tournament, like a one K or even like a five K and you're making your cups into like a bigger deal, yeah. starting them earlier, like 9am, I can see an argument for best two out of three in like a league cup one K situation. But when you're running like a league challenge league cup with pretty standard prizing or reasonable prizing compared to the entry fee, um, best two out of three is just awful. I just like, I can't, I can't ever see that. Like no one wants to spend, like no one wants to feel like have a fully drained day of playing pokemon for like nine hours you know because once you're pushing to get, for top eight to get like nine packs yeah like low challenges and custom best of three is literally terrible unless you're doing the making it like a bigger event like i said a 1k a 5k whatever you want to do and you're starting it early then i can see an argument for best of three for league cups i don't think challenges should ever be best out of three i think that's always kind of ridiculous yeah. it's such a time investment i was like so, a nice casual three-hour league challenge it always feels nice to just like get out of there and go do something else for the rest of the day yeah i think a large part of that you know people so like like you mentioned, best of three is better for just like from a competitive stance, right? The better player is going to come out more often than not. Um, you're going to cut down on the variance, right? Which for a competitive game is what you want to achieve, ideally. Um, but it's just not practical, especially for cups and challenges because so like a lot of stores and especially like stores that have like popped up over the last couple of years that this is like the first rotation that they're going to be running these events right because they didn't exist before the pandemic but when we had leagues and challenges uh challenges and cups beforehand um cups and challenges draw people from across your state right sometimes even out of your state people come travel to these events because it's the only way for them to get championship points that weekend if there's no regional championships right yeah. So you're going to get people coming from really, really far away, and you're going to turn people off of wanting to come drive two or three hours to your store if they know that they're going to uh, not be getting home until like 2, 3 a.m. because this, the tournament's going to go <laughs> until midnight. Um, so that's a part of it as well. Um, but like, you know, for so many people like who are j- like this guy you talked to at this um, this store who was running the best of three league challenge or whatever that started at 4 p.m., um, 
you know, for them, like it's, if they're just thinking of it in terms of their store, their local community. So they probably run their little best of one locals that don't give out CP and have 10 or 15 people at them at the most. Right. So they're like, okay, this is our bigger tournament. We're just going to bump it up a little bit since it's our bigger tournament, but they don't consider the fact, Oh, people are going to drive from like yeah. 30 minutes, an hour, two hours away, potentially to come play in these things. Um, so yeah, I think best of one is just kind of the way to go for the local tournaments personally as well. But um, I totally agree with your point. If you want to, I think it's awesome when stores take their league cups and turn them into bigger things like a win a case or a one K or even a five K like whatever, um, anything you can do to draw more players, give a little more competition to it. But I do think when you put those bigger prizes on the line, it makes more sense for it to be best of three. Yeah. And also, st but start early, like got to start early. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of people coming from, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure someone would make the argument, well, if I'm driving two hours, I want that much better of a shot at getting top eight. Sure, but I think sure. on average, I mean, for me, I think best out of three cups have always been pretty a miserable experience. I think the majority of people that's that sentiment, I think holds true for the majority of people. And even if you do bad, in you know a best of one league cup because you went one and two and maybe you would have won the other two games if you had played a best two out of three whatever um you know your, your day's not over with right but if you're sitting there for like a best two out of three you have so much more time sunk into it and you don't have to wait as long for your friends to finish or whatever it might be even if they yeah. go further in the tournament so um yeah, if you didn't have anything else to say on that what's let's talk a little bit about because i have some stuff to say on this but i'll see if you have anything first like prepping for a local tournament versus something bigger yeah. like a regional but like is there anything specific that you feel like stands out as something to do different locally yeah. cups challenges yeah so i mean you want to prepare similarly but when it comes to um as far as like you know practicing your deck right you want to like make sure you're comfortable and familiar with what you're wanting to play but I think that metagaming is more almost more important at yeah. league cups than it is at regionals, right? Because well, it's just a higher uh, a higher regionals. ceiling to take advantage of, right? There's a higher ceiling yeah. to take advantage of metagaming. Yeah. So like if you're going it's a lot easier to try to predict what 50 people are going to play than what 1500 people are going to play, right? And especially yeah. if you're going to a lot of league cups in the same area, you kind of know all right, these local players, I know what this person likes to play. I know what this person likes to play. You can kind of make predictions knowing what you're expecting to see in the field. And if you know no one in this store likes to play, you know, like, you know, I don't know, Mew, for example. If no one in this area likes to play Mew, then you don't need to play Drapion in your Lost Box deck that you normally would play Drapion in, right? Because yeah. you're very unlikely to play against Mew. Now, um, those type and those type of calls, right? one card differences in best of one settings as well can make all the difference to to help you pull out ahead so i think metagaming is incredibly important try to get there a little early maybe take a little peek see if people are playing games a little early see what kind of the local player base is rocking with what kind of decks they have and maybe try to make a deck decision based off of that um i don't know do you do a lot of metagaming when you go to cups and challenges or have you in the past whenever you like we're taking them a little bit more seriously maybe than you would this season uh, like usually there will be some like meta shifts like pretty drastically sometimes from like Saturday Sunday cups when the majority of the same oh, dude, were I be always there. loved that that's so much fun right <laughs> yeah there's like, like, the, be, like the a major city marathons shift. and stuff right oh yeah 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 that stuff would always be fun to see like the meta shifts throughout like a, a city's marathon um but yeah sometimes there'd be pretty big meta shifts from one day to the next Saturday into Sunday like back to back cups. Um, and the big thing I always that I would always think about is like if the same like one thing you, one thing you'll know if you play like in the local scene for a little while you'll know the people who are most likely to make top eight right like you'll just see the same names same faces always making top eight and if you just know what they're playing let's say Timmy Bob and Joe always make top eight at like every local cup they go to 
and if they all play Mew, I'm probably playing a Drapion, right? If they show up and I show up, I don't have a Drapion in my deck yet. I'm probably putting a Drapion in my deck for the most sure. part, right? So um, not just so much like, because even if, because if sometimes you don't really care too much about the whole player base, right? Because not all of them are going to make top eight, but you do know there's going to be some of the, the better players in the area who consistently make top eight. And if you just know what they're playing, like if they bring the same, if you think they're bringing the same deck back to back days, like Saturday into Sunday, saw them play Mew yesterday, think they'll play Mew again today, you know, don't be afraid to put a Drapion in your deck for that reason, right? Um, but yeah, that's basically, yeah, there's definitely is like a little bit more you can do, a little bit higher prediction you can make on local levels uh, with that for sure of, of what the general player base plays. Like sometimes there's decks that just like are like kind of mid in the format, like Lost on Tina, but maybe it's just like a big deck locally. Right? Yeah. Like maybe everyone locally just loves Lost Tina. And sometimes yeah. you see stuff like that where like a deck is like, in a, in a regional setting, it would be like 5% of the meta, but at local setting, it's like 20% of the meta or 30% of the meta, yeah. right? So like that's not that's not uncommon. So um knowing that teching against that playing a different deck around that uh and then playing around what the what you think maybe the best players will show up and play is like always something to like you may as well take advantage of it because it's there so always things to kind of look out for as far as that goes yeah so i think metagaming is like yeah it's almost more important at because like at regionals and stuff like you could it's still important to predict like what meta share you think decks are going to have but at the end of the day it's like you know, you might predict Mew to be a 10% deck, but you still could play three of them day one, right? That's just, and, and that sure can happen in a local tournament, but it's just much less like, like when with a smaller field, you have a much easier time kind of trying to condense your choices, um, to condense your choices down. So I think a lot of players, one thing that I think is great, like in Cups and Challenges, this is what they're meant for, right? It's going to be a lot of players first time competing in a pokemon tournament like their first taste of like competitive pokemon will be at a local cup or a challenge maybe their first time playing against a player who's gotten their world's invite as opposed to just playing at their locals and stuff um and i think that's one of the things that makes pokemon unique and is really cool is like you can have someone who's just picked up the game in the last few months playing against someone who's gone to worlds multiple times in the past that's you know i think a really cool aspect of our game and we touched on this a little bit a couple weeks ago, I think, when we initially talked about cups. But um, it's definitely something I think worth mentioning. Uh, and that's regards in regards to, like, um, you, people feeling like they deserve the championship points that are given out at League Cups, right? Just because you are chasing your world's invite and the person who's a normal locals at that store isn't chasing their world's invite does not mean that you deserve to get the win more than them. And that's something that I feel like comes up often enough at league cups and challenges where it's like, uh, you know, people will be shuffling up for that last round and the little conversation comes up. <laughs> uh, oh, you're going for your world's invite. How much CP do you have? Those little questions and stuff like that is almost like kind of attempting to coerce the person into like being willing to give you the win if it comes to it at the end of the game. Right. Yeah. A little bit for sure. Um, and I think like the, the main thing to remember is yeah, you don't deserve to get your world's invite. You can earn it and you can work for it. Um, and especially the person sitting across from you owes you nothing in, in any kind of situation. So you should never yeah. feel, you should never, you should never pressure your opponent into seeding or tying or whatever it might be at the cost of your own, uh, hopefully morals and, uh, the, the hopes to gain some CP and you should never feel pressured to have to concede or, uh, tie or whatever it might be to someone who is you know who maybe is maybe if they beat you they do get their world invite but it doesn't really matter if you beat them and you want to go on to the next round of the tournament uh you gotta win so don't feel bad or pressured like the world invite is definitely the way everyone should look at it is worlds and something invite is something that you should definitely you know 
earn. And uh, yeah. you shouldn't give it to someone for free unless you want to. Like if, if you're playing against someone and if you yep. really gain anything and don't care about uh, going further in the tournament and you conceding to your opponent will make you happier to give them their invite, then you should. You know, that that's fine. It's 100% fine to do that. But you definitely shouldn't feel pressured or awkward or um, feel like you need to, you know, give them that win. So. Yeah. Um, We're absolutely not saying like you should never concede to someone like if you have a friend who, you know, they need this win to get their world's invite and, you know, it would be happy for you to see them make that happen, you know, by all means do what makes you happy. But what we're talking about is not feeling like, you know, you, you see sit down across from some super competitive player who's traveled from an hour or two away to come play in this locals that, you know, you go to every single week, they sit down across from you and you start to feel intimidated and feel like, okay, this person obviously deserves the points more than me. That's not necessarily the case. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, And like, I'll talk about this a little bit too. So like I, for my world's invite in 2017, I don't remember if I told this story a couple weeks ago because we did kind of talk about this, but I, I don't think I did tell the story. So I needed at uh, NAIC in 2017 to get top 256 in order to get my world's invite. Um, and what it came down to was the last round. I was 4-3-1 going into the last round, getting to 5-3-1. Maybe I needed top 5-12 or something. I don't remember what it was, but I just needed like whatever the lowest point. I needed some amount of points from NAIC to get my world's invite. Um, uh, maybe it was like, I don't know. It was I, I was like out of contention for day two, but I needed to win the last round to get my invite. I sat down across from my opponent, and I did not say a word to them about it. I just sat down. I played my game. I won it out and I got my world's invite and my friends were nearby watching because our round almost went to time and they all came up and like, cause they knew the situation. They were like, did you get it? Did you get it? And I was like, yeah, I got it. And everyone was kind of like sitting there celebrating. And my opponent even said, Oh, do you just got your world's invite? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And they congratulated me. And they said, if you had told me, I would have just given you the win. And I was like, I mean, it's just not about that, right? Like it, you don't want to put that on your opponent, right? Put it in your yeah. own hands to get, the points you need in order to get your invite to the world championships. Cause at the end of the day, that's what's most important. Were you playing mega Ray? I was playing mega Ray, bro. <laughs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> that's tournament, how I, just dude. Did. That's it. I started four and Oh man, I started four and Oh, I don't even remember what happened. It went downhill pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that covers all the, the league talk cups and challenges. It's all back. That's good to see. And happy to see it all back. Yeah, um, and uh, I was actually, look, one last thing that I'll mention. I feel like there's like a, a very funny duality in uh, on Twitter each cup weekend where it's either you're really happy. You won the cup. You top aided the cup. You top foured it. I got a little unlucky in the finals. And then there's one, two drop. And it's or, or why did I show up to a cup, a best of one cup LMAO? Yeah. <laughs> and very few in between like. Went 4-2, had a good time at my local cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the list I played. It's either you won the whole thing or you didn't make top cut. And it's some like sarcastic, salty tweet about how league, how you hate league cups or you hate best of one or something like that. So that's, I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. Not a bad thing, but it's just a, just a funny thing I've noticed uh, now that cups are back and everyone's on Twitter. Yeah, it's the, the, the people who play and love the game the most who also, for some reason at the same time, seem to hate it the most, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we get into everyone's favorite segment, guess that flavor text, we'll take just a little bit of a moment to thank 
our sponsor, Dragon Shield. So we do want to give a huge thanks to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Dragon Shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market, including sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and much, much more. One thing I wanted to talk about this week were the Dragon Shield cube shells. I kind of mentioned them last week, but um, it's a product that I use every single time I run my cube. It's a great and easy way to organize the packs so that whenever I sit down at the table to play with people, boom, we just open up the box and we're ready to go. The, the packs are already organized. We can start opening, start drafting right away and get into the games as soon as possible. The cube shells um, are definitely something I'm a big fan of. I know, Azul, you've you used them when you've drafted my cube before. Do you like the cube shells? Yeah, the cube shells are sick. It's always nice. I mean, it's nice that I don't have to do any of the shuffling. Chip does it all. But it also, like, it it's, it adds a nice, nice little level of, like, presentation for your cube. So definitely if you're trying to take your cube to the next level, which a lot of people have been getting into in the Pokemon TCG. A lot of people have been getting into cubing. A lot of cubes out there. I actually kind of want to, like, try and uh, find some more people to cube with and try some different cubes. I've really only played your cube. Uh, yeah. Like, that's basically, I can't even think of another cube I play. But, yeah, if you're really trying to take your cube uh, aesthetically to the next level, the cube shells are the way to go. Yeah, so shout-outs and thanks once again to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor. You can find uh, cards, or you can find sleeves and all kinds <laughs> of accessories and stuff from them on their website, dragonshield.com slash shop slash US or EU, depending on where you are located. Once again, that's dragonshield.com slash webshop slash either US or EU. You can also find their products at your local card shops and many big box retailers. I know I've seen their sleeves and Walmarts and stuff like that in the past. So definitely be sure to check out Dragon Shield and thanks once again to them for supporting us. It almost got, the sickness almost got you there. I feel like Chip, you were choking up a little bit. <clears throat> <laughs> almost got you. We're good, bro. We're good. All right, let's move on to guess that flavor text. It is Chip's turn this week to pick a card for me get the flavor text works by one of us picking a card for the other and then we read the flavor text and it's on the other co-host to try and guess which pokemon that flavor text on that card belongs to if you get it right immediately uh without using a lifeline you get four points we had the first four pointer last week chip guessed in let <laughs> Um, but you can use all or any of the three lifelines. Uh, the lifelines are what car, what set the card is from, what stage the card is, and then read an attack name off the card. All right, Chip, I'm ready. Hit me with this week's flavor text. You said it would be something you thought I would be able to guess. I think you can uh, totally get this card. Let's get into so like, it. Yeah, I'm way far ahead right now, so I wanted to give you something. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to give you a gimme. I've given you some gimmies before yeah, yeah. that you've somehow found a way to get zero points on. Um, I don't know if I've gotten zero points. I've just gotten like one. I mean, two. I'm pretty sure you got zero points on Deoxys, which was like oh, maybe one yeah, of the easier true, ones. True, you got true. zero okay, points yeah. on Metagross, which was a pretty easy one. No, that one was that one was different. Go, <laughs> just hit me with this one. Let's stop <laughs> talking Let's about stop the points I missed. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. How am I going <clears> to get some points this week? What am I guessing? All right. It starts off battles by attacking with its rock hard horn. But as soon as the opponent flinches, this Pokemon bites down and never lets go. This sounds like really familiar to me. Um, I can't. I mean, it could be just Rhyhorn. Um, Rhyhorn has a horn. <laughs> and then it has a Rhyhorn. Yeah. Rhyhorn evolves into Rhydon, right? And that revolves into Rhyperior. It could be I any of those, right? On I guess. <laughs> what what stage is the card? All right, it is a basic. 
I mean, I could just go with Rhyhorn, but it's Rhyhorn isn't like made of rock, so that makes me that's kind of making me second guess this a little bit as it might not be Rhyhorn. Um, I'm trying to think of other Pokemons with horns that are also like ground, rock, fighting, whatever. Did you just say Pokemons? Pokemon. <laughs> Cringe. <laughs> what is the newest? What is that one thing called that we just got? Great, great tusk, but it's not a horn. It's a tusk, right? So it's probably not great tusk. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else with a horn. I could do like one more lifeline here to be a little bit more sure, but it's a basic rye horn. It makes sense. I can't think of another Pokemon with a horn off I think the top you of my use head. One more lifeline. Oh, but Chip's giving me a little bit here, <laughs> so we're gonna go with what. Set the card is from uh, maybe a different lifeline. <laughs> All right, that's fine. It is from Sword and Shield base set. Sword and Shield base set. I'm still stumped on this one here. Pokemon with a horn, Sword and Shield base set. What has a horn? All right, give me an attack name. Uh, Water Gun. Sheesh! Now I'm just really lost. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, I thought this water... would help you a little bit. The, the 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 attack name. Well, that does help me. It means it's not Rhyhorn. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a water Pokemon from Sword and Shield base it, set. It starts off battles by Basic. attacking with its rock hard horn, but as soon as the opponent flinches, this Pokemon bites down and never lets go. I. Oh, it could be. I mean, that makes me think like Sharpedo, but I don't think it's. It could be no, but what is Sharpedo's it's a basic? basic? Yeah, what is Sharpedo's basic? It's um. I don't know why I'm thinking of Sharpedo. Sharpedo has like a horn, doesn't it? Am I trolling? I might be trolling on that. Mega Sharpedo, I think, has a horn. Okay, so that wouldn't work. I have no clue to be honest. Now I just have no clue. Now I should literally have no clue. I'm trying to uh, think. Basic Pokemon has a horn. Sword and Shield base set. It has a horn. It's a water, so it's a turtle. Wait, is it the turtle? What is the turtle called? Dreadnought? It's Dreadnought, isn't it? Oh, my. What does Dreadnought evolve from? It evolved from... Tor... No, not Tortuga. That's a different one. Dude, I literally have no clue. I have no clue what this is. <laughs> what are we, no we going to do here? Water gun. What set the card is for... It's a sword shield base set. Basic water gun. It is... What a water Pokemon and Sword and Shield. Oh my gosh. Are you just like forfeiting the point? What are we doing? I guess, yeah, I just give up. I just literally just, I, I don't know. You were so close, Azul. What was it? You're so close. The answer is Choodle. Oh, it's no! Choodle, Azul. Wait, what did Choodle evolve into? Dreadnought. Oh, um, so I was right. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, no, who like... remembers Choodle? Bro, he's got, he's got the tooth. Look at that tooth. It bites, and he's got the horn. It yeah, pokes. he's got the horn. Yeah, but I don't remember. I, I was like, Dreadnought's basic, but I don't remember what Dreadnought's basic was. Maybe I threw you off by saying I thought you would be able to get this, because I really thought you would. Because I remember Azul as a that loyal name is Azul so GG. Hard. As a loyal Azul GG Twitch sub, I remember watching you play Sword and Shield on your Switch, and you caught a Choodle, Azul. So you don't remember I your did. partner Pokemon. Yeah, but I didn't, na I didn't leave it named Choodle, though. You didn't leave it else. named Choodle? Yeah, so I wouldn't remember. That's just such a hard name to remember. Like, th those letters have never been formed in that way before, ever, besides now. <laughs> this is it. This is the first time those letters have ever been formed. No He's one's ever a thought choodle. Of it's a turtle that chews, bro. It's pretty easy. 
That's not a thing. Well, it is a thing, but that's it not. It is this if it's is, Choodle. It is if this it's is fake. Choodle's fake. Better luck next week, Azul. Actually, better luck. Well, two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Hopefully yes. you don't get too far ahead. All right, but let's move on. We got some announcement. Not announcement. It was just like kind of... It, they, Pokemon doesn't really announce these things. They just kind of appear on <laughs> yeah. the tournament pages. And you just have to ridiculous. hope someone checks it in time. But thankfully, someone checked it in time because these tournaments don't happen until sometime... Actually, they're in May. Imagine if no one checked. They're in May, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we have some special events that were just released that are coming up in May. This is like three weeks. Imagine if no one just no one checked the tournament page and they just had the tournaments happened and no one showed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they would probably get out get out there by other means, but yeah, uh, some special events. Are all these are new, right? Yeah, none of these existed before. So we've got three Latin America special events for the TCG. One that is just for VG. One taking place in Bogota, Colombia on May 14th, one on May 20th in Argentina, and one May 27th to 28th in Peru. So that's interesting. It's a two-day special event. A lot of times the oh, special yeah, events are just that. like one-day events, but they're probably just expecting this one to be decent size. So that maybe that's like they're predicting um, like a bit more um, like attendance for this one potentially. Yeah. But yeah, so three special events scheduled. There's another one in Colombia, but just for VG. And it's actually at like the same it's location. The same. Yeah. Just two weeks later. So I wonder if there's like a space issue maybe at this venue. So they couldn't run TCG or VG, or maybe it's like a staffing issue, right? They don't have enough people to, yeah. uh, so I think it's some Columbia, kind of issue. local judges or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm first off first reaction. I'm very glad to see that there's more tournaments happening for the Latin America players, giving them more of a chance to get points necessary for their world's invites. Um, I, Wish that maybe they would do something for the Oceania region because they have nothing for the rest of the year. Like they are done. How yeah, many points cooked. they have? They're, don't they're they done. usually don't they usually have special events? Nope. Do they they usually don't have like a special event. In Oceania, I don't or is it usually think always so. regionals. I don't think so. You should give. Well, yeah. So so is that it? Like if we go to the leaderboard right now. So I think let's let's be clear on like kind of I think what the. I think the reason that there are special events versus regionals in a lot of these places is not because of like not giving out prize money. I think it's more it's true, about it's the fact of like the laws for these specific countries. So I think like, and that's why we well, see no, them in Europe a lot of the time, the, right? I mean, I saw this on Twitter recently too, with the special events coming out. It's based on basically Pokemon sales or not. It's like somewhat based on Pokemon sales in the area. Like if they think that's worth putting that much money into something like a regional, when yeah. they don't think that many people are going to show up. I don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot of theories out there about why there is and why there isn't. I, I, I've always, I've definitely, I've definitely about... seen that before. And I saw it recently with these being announced. Yeah. But like, you know, what's your source, right? Is it just Jimmy Bob Joe on Twitter? Right? Like I was, I forget who it was this time around. Might have been. I don't want to say any names because I don't know if it is for yeah. sure it is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all how, good. Much, how, how many points does do the Oceania players need for their invite? One fifty. Wait, that's it. I think. Jeez, we're cooking. Okay, they have more invites than I thought. I'm just like curious. Like we already know the invites, then, right? They need no. Sorry, they need two hundred. Oh, okay, so we have twenty six invites right now. I just looked on the leaderboard. I don't know if this is including EUIC. I don't know how much that changes. Um the outcome but uh they need 200 uic should be included because alex has his points on the leaderboard okay so henry <laughs> henry brand is 10 points short right now so henry i don't know Henry's i did gonna, like, i did see henry on twitter say that he was going to uh fresno. yeah fresno yeah, and i wonder so. if that might i mean that might be why right i know I mean, he if casted, you want to fresno he's he going casted, to NAIC. Uh, sydney regionals instead of playing in it yeah i'm sure he'll get there he's got two events i'm sure if he's going to fresno he's going to naic so two 
decent event to get the invite yeah. out. We'll probably clean it up really at uh, Fresno. Yeah. A couple of people at 190, 180s. I see some 180s. I wonder how many of these people are actually going to try for their invite at this point. Um, yeah. Probably not a bunch unless there was like another tournament there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely tough to travel out of there. It if feels we like look the, in uh, Latin America, they also need 200 points. And we're sitting at I'm gonna increase the number of names currently because the uh, I think before this they have one more regionals coming up in May I'm pretty sure um, yeah but currently they're sitting at 33 players with an invite and the Latin America region is much much larger than the Oceania region as far yeah. as just, like player base wise how big their events usually are so yeah I mean like I said I think it's just overall good that oh there'll be coming challenges too more chances and yeah of course we do need to remember that oh yeah that's that's also a really good point right cups and challenges will be another way for players of course to get those last few points necessary um but yeah with this uh information being released kind of interesting discussion i saw brought up that it feels like this discussion happens at least once a year around special events is um the discussion of players traveling to compete in them from outside of that region right so for anyone who doesn't know regional championships special events international championships none of these tournaments even league cups and league challenges none of these tournaments are locked to any player's specific region so you theoretically azul could travel to anywhere in the world to play a league challenge if you wanted to you could go to literally (laughs) any tournament in the world you could go to any special event you could go to any internationals and eventually lead in into your world's invite so something that has happened in the past a lot with these latin america special events is a lot of american stipend chasers not even necessarily people who are just trying to get their invite a lot of american stipend chasers would go to these special events in order to try to cash in on a bunch of points at smaller tournaments um in order to try to snowball their stipends for future international championships so i mean for anyone who doesn't know the top 16 players in each quarter get a stipend to the following international championship the top four players in each region at the end of each quarter get a travel award to each international championship so um and the goal is to get like i mean spending to get a thousand dollars stipend for one ic wouldn't make too much sense but the final goal is to end up with in top 16 for worlds right which, like those points would count towards as well so it's all about you, know, you go there, you get the stipend to then go to the IC, then you go to the IC, you get more points at the end of the yeah. year. You're hopefully in top 16 for Worlds, which means you get to the day two invite. Um, <clears throat> and I do think it is, I mean, it's people who have been playing for, you know, stipends and travel awards and getting to top 16 at the end of the year in North America. This is for North America, by the way, as well. Like top 16 is for North America. You is like 22 and so on. Um, but yeah, I definitely is abused, right? They definitely go out of their way to go to these smaller events that give out the same amount of CP as regionals. Uh, and the discussion that has come up before is should well tournaments be region locked? Um, but I guess one argument, I, and I think that's a bad argument to make. I don't because th- I like the fact that you know some of the Europeans come to some of the North American regionals. I want to go to a European regional next season, um, and you have you have people like Pablo and Gustavo are probably the two most notable names coming from Latin America to play in the North American or next not North American but American in Canada because Pablo lives in. Mexico, which is North America. So that I guess that was always found a little bit weird. But yeah, Mexico part of the yeah. Latin America region. Is it called wait, is our region North America? What is the it is North America? Cause it, it's <laughs> it's it's uh North America and Canada, but it doesn't include yeah. Mexico for some reason. Yeah, yes. North America. No, it does and sorry, sorry. It does say US and Canada. It does say oh, US you, oh, okay. Canada. The region is US and Canada. Okay. Yes. 
I didn't actually ever know that. I never like thought, but it, all right, I guess I always call it NA region. Yeah, I always call it NA, but it's not North America because Mexico doesn't count. But yeah, I think it's cool that, you know, uh, Latin American players, EU players, uh, region players uh, come to North American events and can play in them. I think that's cool. I think it's cool that we could theoretically go over to, like we saw Alex Shemansky get second at one of the European regionals this year as well. I thought that was cool, right? Like all yeah. that stuff is cool. Obviously, the ICs are going to stay fully international. Um, I think the only thing you could make an argument for, um, I don't think you should ever region lock all events, but I think you could make an argument for region locking special events um but the purpose of a special event i don't think is purposely so that that region has more access to championship points i think it's just for areas that the people want to try and run a larger event because i even saw at the beginning of the season um who's behind the the pokey uh they used to run a lot of online tournaments and at the beginning of the year they were talking about trying to get a special event for Can cancun put together um and they were tweeting about it didn't happen because they did a follow-up tweet later in the year, not too long ago, where they're like, it's not going to happen. Um, but it sounds like you just have to be able to go to Pokemon and be like, I want to run a special event here. And then you have to like prove that it's worth it for Pokemon to allow you to do it. And then I think they let you do it. It's what it seems like based on I those tweets. I don't think um, that that's... But I have, no, I, I have no idea how it works. I don't think but... it's good for us to speculate on how it works because we don't <laughs> okay, know let's for not sure speculate. how it works. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I don't think I don't think like special events are purposely for to try and give more points to a region or anything like that um it seems to it seems to be a multitude of reasons if anything but i feel like you maybe could region lock special events but i don't i don't think you would ever want to see like regionals and stuff or other tournaments i guess maybe challenges and cups but even those it doesn't make any sense the region lock yeah so there's like a little bit of this back and forth on twitter today between andrew hedrick and uh pablo meza tablemon where Andrew was pointing out, you know, while special events are great to give Latin players a fair chance at an invite, it seems unfair that players from other regions can travel to them to earn the same amount of championship points as a regional competing against likely far less players. Why are SPEs not region locked? And Pablo brought up that this is something we go over all the time. Why are regionals not region locked? Every time I go to the U.S., I take away points from a U.S. player, right? And that's kind of the the crux of the argument, right? Is like if some of these tournaments are going to be region locked, should they all be region locked? And I don't think they necessarily should. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it's cool that our game is so global, right? And I think at the end of the day, you have to wonder how do the local Latin America players feel, right? I mean, some of them probably are maybe a little grumpy at the fact, oh, these, if, and because realistically, you know, what is happening more often than not, and where most of the time this discussion comes up is when you have a North American player who is a day two chaser or a stipend chaser traveling to a 30 person special event to try to get 200 championship points if they win or 160 if they get second um towards their uh day two invite or their stipend or whatever and they're theoretically taking a lot of points away from someone in that local region um and that's really the most often where this this comes up but i wonder if like you know maybe the players participating in the event think it's cool that now they get a chance to play against a world class player traveling from america to come down and play in their event right there's probably people on both sides of the coin i would imagine uh, yeah i've only ever heard i feel like i only ever hear this complaint from I don't feel like I ever hear about this complaint from the players who are locally at the event. So if you're someone who's like locally at some of these smaller SPE events, and have you been to some of the past where um, some big name North American players show up, how, wh how, what is the local response to that? Are they excited to have a player of that caliber show up to come to their event to play and compete? Um, or is it kind of one of those things where it's like, they show up they're like, oh, well now we're just going to potentially end up with less points. Right. Is that kind of just kind of suck that, you know, yeah. 
a top world-class player showing up to like just kind of take points from you or is it or do you guys like the fact that they showed up like i'm curious for anyone who's like in those scenes if there's anyone listening who's in those scenes um goes to those special events not this year but like in prior years a while ago yeah what's kind of the local vibe when uh that yeah. happens i'd be very curious to know another um, side of this it, as uh... well another side of this as well and it, it probably leads in more to why um andrew is tweeting this i mean if we look at the north american leaderboards right now andrew is 18th on the leaderboard right so like he's someone who's right there in the day two contention race and now this gets announced that there's these tournaments that are happening that are going to give out all the cp and you know now he has a choice or either like shell out the money and try to go to these events himself potentially, or, um, you know, ignore them and hope that his finishes at the rest of the North American tournaments are going to be enough to get him into that top 16. Right. So it's and not potentially only... competing against people who will be going to those special events as well. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, that's where I saw it though. If you scroll down to Pablo's tweet, that's where I saw the, Unless you don't want to speculate any further, the SPs are events for regions that don't have the sales to justify regionals. I wonder if that's sales in terms of like Pokemon cards sold in the region or like expected ticket sales. And maybe it's just entry sales, right? I've heard I mean, that. I I've think heard that I think people have times. discussed it. Uh, people have discussed it multiple <laughs> ways, right? And it's like that's I the feel one like consistent one. We're I've just heard, playing though. a big old game of telephone here, bro. It's like he said, she said, they like Chip's whoever not trying said to this, to and the... like we get down this line, and like someone is. I just don't know where the information comes from. I don't want to say anything as factual unless we know it from Pokemon. I'm not saying it's facts. We're just, we're just, I just saw the tweet. I thought it'd be interesting. It's <laughs> um, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I've seen consistently is that. But one. we're providing information and like, yeah, but I feel like it's not based it's on not, it. Right? Uh, like, but we're not providing anything that's like malicious. I think malicious is happening. We're just curious. We're just trying to, we're curious <laughs> as to why. I don't think anything malicious comes of this. The, the, yeah. the, the only argument that is happening still is just between should they be region locked? Should they not? Um, I think you never want to region lock everything. I could see an argument for SPEs specifically being region locked. I don't think that there's, but it would only ever be special events. I don't think anything besides special events should be region locked. But even then, keeping them open. Once again, I'm curious about the local vibes. How do the local vibe? How do the local players feel about you know? Namely, this is just Latin America special events where North, big big name North American players come down to play in them. Yeah, what is the local vibe? If anyone is in those local scenes, what is the local vibe when that happens? I'm curious. One thing I'll say as well is I was kind of looking at some past Latin America special events over on Limitless, and a decent amount of them. Like if we just scroll through, like there are plenty that have been won by American players over the years. But uh, I mean, if we look at the locations of these three tournaments, right? There's one in Colombia, one in Argentina, one in Peru. Um, if we look at all the Peruvian and uh, Argentina tournaments, like there's very few, if any, North Americans in any of these top cuts, right? It's mostly Latin America players because it's a lot more expensive to get all the way down to those countries. You know, they're a lot farther south in South America than uh, in Colombia, which is kind of more Central America. It's like at the north part of South America, right? So. Mm -hmm. uh, Columbia, I think, is actually like not super expensive to get to from the U.S. From a lot of, especially if you live in like Florida or maybe Texas, somewhere like that, um, it's like not super expensive to get to those. So, I mean, I do expect at least for the Colombian special event, we'll probably see a decent amount of Americans show up. I would be pretty surprised to see too many people from outside of Latin America traveling to Argentina and Peru. Might happen though. You never know. It might happen. It might happen. I mean, but like. <laughs> I don't know you must really need that day two, right? That re really need that day two spot to spend a thousand dollars on your flight to go to Peru just to have a chance, right? To play. Also, a that's not a. 
I think I think also to kind of like talk a little bit to that, a little bit to the players out there who are maybe thinking about it. Like if you just spend if you spend those extra three days prepping for day one of worlds, you'll probably just get to, from day one to day two. So like yeah. uh instead do something now that'll free up more time later when it comes towards leading up towards worlds. Um and then just spend those extra seventy two hours uh or how many however many days it takes to get to Peru and back and then just uh spend that extra time prepping for day one of worlds and you'll probably make it from day one to day two. You'll be all right. So yeah, I mean that's just a bit of a topic that it does feel like comes up every year. Azul, did you have you ever traveled down to any special mm-hmm. events in Latin America? Or I only like that? I only ever went to the only thing I ever went to uh, as a like a, I guess a Latin America event would be I went to Mexico regionals two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, that's different though because it's a regionals, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think and I would it's ever, also just, like, in the, North America. <laughs> yeah, the potential like it is in North America. Technically, in North America, <laughs> the, like the expected return from like uh, a special event is just so low. Like you can't, you don't really win any money. Like I think the last, the last one that I remember was like when last one the time I remember seeing the prizes from a special event it was like a case. I think like that's like the most you're gonna get if you win. So. Yeah, the expected return yeah. is just too low. So, and it's also just like I like the the bigger tournaments, right? Like the nine rounds, day two, five to six rounds, top eight. You know, I just like the that much, like the the more competitive, uh, bigger tournament atmosphere, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I haven't done it yet. And not not that I wouldn't, especially something like a like I mentioned, like that potential Cancun special event or whatever. Like if there was a special event in Cancun, that's like you can make a vacation out of that, right? Like that's yeah, a little bit different. Yeah. So, but like yeah, going to just um somewhere where i don't really know that well or not that familiar with the the uh local what's called it's hard to make like a mm-hmm. do much more with it so yeah so yeah not yet but uh who knows what the future holds yeah i mean i think you're kind of locked this year what i mean this i mean even if i wasn't locked i wouldn't go i could be like 100 championship points as well right now i could be one point away from top 16 and i don't think i would go to a special event to be honest i just don't it's just i don't really care about it that much yeah yeah, one point. I think that's I think that's cap. I think that's easy to say right now. <laughs> All right, fine. Think... If you want to pay for me, then Chip, I'll go. <laughs> I mean, no, me. but I think you would. <laughs> All right, but I think that's gonna do it. I think uh, unless yeah. you have any other thoughts, go ahead and send us home, Chip. Yeah, that is gonna do it for this week's episode. A little bit of a shorter episode, but with Portland Regionals just a couple weeks away, don't worry, we'll be back to a normal length episode next week, most likely. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. We did just recently pass. 5,000 subscribers here on the YouTube channel. So big shout outs to everyone who subscribed here on YouTube. And if you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe. Why not? It's free, right? Just click that little (laughs) button. Super easy, super fast. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you catch your podcasts, please be sure to drop us a rating, a review. It goes a long way in helping more people discover the podcast and uh, getting our voices into more people's ears that I started talking before I kind of thought how that sentence was going to come out. And <laughs> I don't really like what happened there, but here we are. <laughs> I appreciate the support. So, you know, you mentioned the, there's a lot of people who are watching who aren't subscribed. I wonder how many people are watching who don't even have a YouTube account. Is that a number? Is that a statistic? I've never seen anyone mention that. Who who just goes so, like, out should there we be, and like, <laughs> yeah, should we be mentioning first make a YouTube account and then subscribe? Should we, is there like a percentage? Surely like, not. is there a percentage breakdown for that? I don't know. They Someone like just what, literally like, every Tuesday morning goes on YouTube and types in the podcast on like their guest account, right? <laughs> well, I'm just wondering how many people come across it just like randomly. Because like the in. stat is like 40% of people are subscribed usually that are watching the video, right? I think that's the stat. But what if it's like 40% are subscribed, 40% aren't subscribed but have a YouTube account, and 20% don't even have a YouTube account. So if you don't have a YouTube account, go make a YouTube account and then subscribe. If you do have a YouTube account, subscribe. Appreciate the support as always. Good luck in your local cups and challenges.
this weekend if you're planning any. And we'll catch you all next Tuesday, 7 a.m. Eastern. Peace.